twice a year we just take a Sunday aside just to do what we call Vision Sunday or as you'll see affectionately called Pie Chart Sunday um, where we just, it's really we ask this question is how, how are things going? We take stock of what God is doing and we look just to the future a little bit. Um, in the beginning of the year Steve spoke about a desire for us this year to, to, to go deep and wide. That is to deepen our relationship with Jesus so actually that he could send us wider and we would have the foundations to to cope with that. And our thing is we want to go deeper with Jesus so that actually um, we don't just throw ourselves wide and we can't cope. And actually when God throws us wide, we're not just an, in, an inch deep. Actually the, there's something deep and rooted about us. So we started the year with emotionally healthy spirituality. Um, the idea being this, that it's impossible to be spiritually mature whilst remaining emotionally immature. Uh, I don't know how you found that series. Oh, I was a breeze. Really easy, that one. Uh, I don't know about the rest of you. Um, yeah. Um, it was very challenging. And I think, and I don't know about you, I'm still, I'm still trying to unpack stuff from that. I've got, it's just going on and on. But it's good. Because actually there's this recognition that we need to deal with the emotional baggage that we carry. And most of us carry something. Just so that it makes enough space that we recognise the stuff that's going on so that God might come and heal it. And we've, we've been collecting a few stories. This is one of them. This says, uh, The emotionally healthy spirituality teaching has been life-changing. Through the teaching, God has unlocked some old, not fully dealt with grief. It's not completely gone. However, I have a much better understanding of how to come before God and allow him to minister in the hard feelings rather than suppressing them or simply telling myself that it will be all right. Okay. For me, that was good because actually my classic reaction is just, ah, I'm feeling this, but I'm just going to ignore it. Okay. And actually that, that came through and we've had a number of stories about the emotionally healthy spirituality stuff. And we would love to hear more stories. Okay. One thing we really aware of is God is doing stuff and we want people to know that God is doing stuff. Okay? So come and tell us stories about anything that's mentioned today, any bit of testimony, we would love to hear it. And then we've also spoken about pursuing and experiencing God's presence in our lives. And one of the underlying ideas being that actually as we discover his presence, we rediscover his power. And as we've journeyed with that, we've seen uh, more healings. Uh, we've had stories about vertigo and migraines and legs growing longer, all sorts of crazy stuff that's been going on. But it's not just, just physical healings. Uh, here's another story. Ministry time has impacted my health in a very positive way. I've been able to reduce medication for anxiety significantly. I also feel more confident and valued than I ever have done in my life. I believe this is due to God healing me uh, during worship, the service and ministry time at the end. We've also had stories of relationships restored. So somebody who, who basically hadn't seen a, a, their daughter for 30 years, uh, someone just prayed with them about that, and then within three weeks the daughter had contacted them. You know, th this idea that actually, as, I don't know what your church background is, my church background is pretty much all the exciting stories about physical healing. But actually God is about so much more than that. Actually there is relational healing and restoration as well. Um, here's a couple more of the things we've had in, a couple more stories. My kids are making friends and finding a desire to know more about God. I've found a measure of healing and a better understanding of God through the teaching, worship and prayer ministry. The worship is calming yet joyful and we find ourselves listening to the songs at home. Interestingly, we've had this, this, this story more than, definitely more than once. 
actually the people who don't know Jesus are coming to church and the thing that they're doing when they go home is listening to worship music, finding the songs that they heard on the Sunday morning. Um, The sermons are super relatable and give me confidence to explore the scriptures. And that's key. Have you ever been in a church where you just feel like you know nothing and you're never going to know anything? Actually, actually in the midst of us rambling on and talking and trying our best to unpack the word of God, it gives people confidence to go and explore it for themselves. Kids ministry has made my daughter speak confidently about Jesus' love and ask questions about him and the church. And we've had had one story of a family that had been coming uh, over in Northampton where the parents got called into school because the child kept talking to people about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we love these stories because actually, on one level, you know, I could, I could do, I would happily do away with all the things we have to set up and do. But in the midst of all the things that we're doing, God is at work. Yeah. And this is the business we are in, just being his hands and his feet and being available for him. And as some of you will know, we don't have any formal membership. As, uh, well, nobody in our churches really do. Okay, so we, but we have a number of things where, hey, if you do these things, then you're probably a member. That's kind of how we work. There's no membership classes or bits of paper to sign, uh, any of that stuff. And this morning, I'm basically going to throw out a lot of numbers, uh, and I apologise if you switch off at numbers. But it's not because numbers are the be-all and end-all, but because actually behind those numbers are people whose lives are being transformed. And if we want to know whether we are being effective as a church, we have to rely on statistics to some degree and stories. That's the only way we can really gauge what is going on. So this morning I'm going to start with a a motivational quote from a chap called uh, Disraeli, a former Prime Minister. There are three kinds of lies. Lies, damn lies and statistics. And um, we are going to, hopefully these statistics are not too stretched. We think they're about accurate. We've worked quite hard to make them accurate. So we have um, six key practices that we encourage people to consider and take part in. And we say, hey, these are great ways to be involved in our community. And we're going to look at four of those this morning. We're going to ask two questions. Uh, what is the business that we are in and how is that business going? And I know for some of you you'll hear business and go, but it's church. Just, that's just, just, just language. Okay? What is it that we are about? So the first practice we're going to explore is gather. So uh, We gather in environments to worship God and be with the people of God, to hear from the scriptures and to grow in the context of a wider community, such as this one that we're in right now. Um, when we ha- As a church, we have a, a high value for gathering as we do on Sunday mornings. We think it's important, we think it's biblical, we think it's good for people. But how are we doing at gathering people? So for those of you who've only come to Wellingborough and have no idea, um, in the background, Central Vineyard's been a church for about 13 years in Northampton until very recently. So October 2009, the church, here comes the first chart for you, was 44 adults and kids. That was everyone that was accounted for. Um, there was then kind of this kind of steady growth up until 2016 where we had a dip. 2016 in Northampton, we moved from uh, where we've done Big Church, which is quite a nice, big, spacious building, uh, into a building site, which is now Sheep Street, so it's looking a bit better. A whole bunch of people didn't want to move into the town centre with us for various reasons, and that's okay. Uh, And then, actually, we just ran out of room, so people stopped coming, which is 
just what happens when you run out of room. So in 2017, Northampton went to two services, so it started to pick up again. So from 2017 to 2018, the average went from about 158 um, to just under 250 a week in terms of people who are literally in the room okay, each Sunday. The average now is about 275. Easter Sunday was 303 people, so that was one of our bigger Sundays. In October of this year, we would expect to be averaging more than 300 a week, partly just because of some of the things I'll talk about with Rawns becoming something that we're involved in. Um, and we think about 60% of you who call Central Vineyard home are gathering at one service a week, so 60% at a time. And then if you took each of us on average, we'd be coming two out of every four weeks um, on a Sunday. Our membership, we think, is about 415 adults and kids, um, as best we can tell. And what, does all, what do all these numbers mean? Actually, as we strip away all the stuff and we try... Because you sit and I've had, you have these conversations with church pastors. It's kind of like you throw numbers out to you know, see who's got the most anointing or whatever you want to call it. Okay? And we, we're not interested in that. What we are interested in is there seems to be this pattern underneath in which Jesus is building his church. And, we believe, and actually we, we believe that one of the key ingredients to him building his church and people being sent to us is our willingness to multiply ourselves into different services, into different places, and we want to keep doing that. So right now in Northampton we have two services, so half past nine and 11.15. We meet here at 10.30 on a Sunday morning. So those are our three services. But later this year we're adopting a church called Rawns Community Church in Rawns, uh, conveniently. We're basically going to adopt them. They're going to become like a central vineyard site in Rawns. And then we are also launching in Northampton what we're calling our gateway service. So in Northampton, we have this kind of this charity called Restore Northampton, and for years they've done stuff around food bank, um, uh, kind of food crisis stuff, giving meals to people who are in need and uh, and just need that meal. Um, something called Nest, which is kind of like Mums and Tots, but actually it's about supporting one another much more than just a way to entertain the kids for a couple of hours. And we earlier in the year there was just this this feeling that we needed to change some things, and one of those things was to start what we're going to call a gateway service. So the idea is there'll be some food involved, there'll be um, kind of these gospel messages involved, there'll be a bit of worship, uh, and it'll probably be the only service we have with a cigarette break. Okay, That's, the, that's the, what these, these evenings will look like. So these are going to be Tuesday evenings. Our conviction was we loved serving the people we were serving, but actually as Christians we're called to meet needs, but we're called to do something else as well, which is make disciples. And just to explore, actually, can we bring these two things together? Because historically, the church gets split two ways. Okay, one is to go, in a sense, quite liberal and just do social action. And then the other is to be quite hardline gospel. And actually, we think both is the answer. Yeah. And we're not the only church that thinks that. There are lots of churches that think that. <clears throat> so do pray for those two things. Um, particularly the gateway service, because I think the gateway service potentially is something that we could emulate in other places as the church grows. There's no reason why not. Uh, and next month, David and Elaine and the group in Kettering are kind of having a relaunch, so once a month on a Sunday, so starting, so I think, is it the first Sunday? Second Sunday. Second Sunday of every month. Having an evening service in Kettering. And actually, if you want to be involved in those evenings, speak to David, speak to Elaine. They would love 
um, to have you involved in that as we go. And also potentially to be part then in the future of a group of people that make something like this happen in Kettering. And again, in, in Northampton currently there is um, the building we're in, if you've, if you've never been, um, we kind of meet upstairs in this fairly small room, similar size to this, I would guess-ish. And despite two services, they're running out of room, particularly for kids' ministry. That's the, the struggle. Um, so some of you will know we've had this building project um, in Northampton going on where underneath that room that we meet in upstairs, there is an auditorium for about 300 people, but it's, it's a building site and it needs a lot of work and a lot of money. Um, but rather than ask for more money at this point, we want to explore this idea of multiplication further. So um, we're looking at an area in Northampton called Dustin. I don't know if you, if any of you, I don't know why anyone would do this, has been to see the cobblers. Um, you would know roughly Dustin-ish. That's kind of Dustin sort of. But actually just Steve and Tammy are trying to just see if, there's, if they gather a group of people, whether there is some momentum there to explore doing something in Dustin. So those are really, in terms of gathering and the practice of gathering, those are the, the, thing, the places we've been, the places we're possibly going. The next practice would then be about to uh, would be belong. So we believe being integrated into a strong ecosystem of groups and accountable friendships is an essential and authentic way to grow as apprentices of Jesus. And as we've mentioned already, our groups are relaunching for a term. Do sign up for one. But how are our groups doing? We think about 62% of people are in a group um, signed up. We don't know whether you, really whether you're attending or not. So about 194 adults. But we also want to highlight huddles. Um, so this is an idea from time to time we, we push out to people, which is this. that, And we've had this question. Why, what happens? What do you do about discipleship and stuff when your small groups close? Well, this is one of those, one of the answers to that question. So, uh, huddles are, we couldn't find a good word, I apologise. We thought cuddles was a bit too much, so we've gone for huddles. Um, Where you've got three or four people, same-sex groups of three or four people, and really it's a space to share life with one another, be accountable with one another, and um, be praying for one another. Okay, some of you would know, maybe you've called them prayer triplets, I don't know what you've called them, all sorts of stuff. And the idea would be to try, commit to meeting at least once a month for six to 12 months, maybe more if you wanted to, um, and just begin to unpack what it looks like to be accountable to one another, to, to share life with one another. And my encouragement for all of us would be to try this. And one of the things we have done um, and we'd encourage you to do is actually when you, you've got a couple of a couple of people and you've got this huddle is to register it on the church website. Not because we want to keep track, but because we've got this whole bunch of resources around spiritual practices. So what we're encouraging you to do in these huddles is to take on a spiritual practice or a spiritual discipline together for a season and just see what God might do in the midst of that. So that could be all sorts of things. Maybe you're going to um, take seriously Sabbath. Maybe you're going to take seriously prayer. There's there's the whole... um, library of stuff for you to to do and to try just because we want to resource you to try some of these things out and actually if if we were honest if if you asked me the question where is the space that i'm going to grow my faith the most this year probably it's going to be in a huddle okay because there is stuff that you can't share really appropriately in a group but you can share in a huddle so even in a small group there's a difference um 
So that would be our encouragement. If you've got any questions about huddles and stuff, come chat to me. I'm happy to talk to you. And at the back on the table, we've got some just these little resources to help with the spiritual practices stuff. So feel free to take one of those. Um, our third practice um, then is serving. Um, serving it, others is a key part of what it means to be part of God's church. When we meet together, there is always a dedicated team of people working hard behind the scenes to make things happen. And some of those people you will never see. Um, and firstly we really want to start with thank you for those of you who serve week in week out and um, just thank you we think um, the last year there's been about 8,000 hours of service uh, about 7,000 cups of coffee and about 5,000 donuts that's what we think we've, we've people have given out but here's just a couple of stories serving means I see God's world from another angle I see how blessed I am uh, and how I want to serve those I realise, and as I serve them, I realise how blessed they are as well. Uh, and here's another one. Joining the welcome team means I get to know the faces and names of those I worship with. And that's important. Have you ever thought about that? It would be, and this is the danger as churches grow, that you just don't know who people are. Um, uh, greeting people with a smile and a warm hello is a great way to be ready for corporate worship. It lifts my spirits and also provides opportunity to listen to what God might want to say to those coming through the door. Okay, so uh, just to spring this on you people on welcome, you're, you're also the ministry team. Um, you may not have signed up for that, but it could be part of the job. Um, but actually this idea that in serving, actually there's a work that is done in us that is for our benefit as well. Uh, and then the next practice is giving. So we live in a culture where spirituality cannot be separated from generosity. We want to be a people who are sacrificially living generous lives. Um, and part of that is what we are giving financially. And again, really the first port of call is to say thank you to those who are giving. In a, on the one hand, a lot of what we achieved is possible because you've faithfully given. Um, and we've just had our financial year end. Um, so here are some, this is where the pie charts really come, come to action. Okay. So, uh, last year we, we received £232,800 uh, and we spent 213400 The year ahead, we are budgeting an income of 287000 in terms of income. It's about 20% growth. Uh, the planned expenditure then being in the region of about 278000 And where are we in our giving as a church? So, that 232000 was given by 32% of the church. Um, so, that's all the, the, the kind of statistics and some of the stuff. Um, so, as a summary, how is business, for want of a better phrase? How is the church go? What, how do we think things are at? And actually, the, I think the reality is we, we'd love to grow in each of these areas, the, you know, gathering and belonging, serving, giving. But what does that look like? Um, so, what would it look like... Um, Instead of on the average person turning up two out of four weeks, what might happen if we turned up three out of four weeks? What might that look like? What might God do? So what would it look for, like for our attendance to go from 60% to 75%? And I know that sounds like a weird thing, like we maybe we're trying to convince you to come more, but actually we do believe that gathering together is important. Um, and actually culturally... Culturally, so my, there's a lot of churches that people my age would go to church one in six weeks. 
and say that that's their church. And then in terms of belonging, what would it look like uh, for um, about 62% of people signed up to a group to be 75%, uh, which um, actually is an extra 40 people. That's the difference in that number. Um, and here, particularly in Wellingborough, I think there's something in the belong thing around these huddles and actually those becoming something that's part of the ecosystem of we have around belonging. Okay, um, Because it's there's only so much that programs and curriculums are going to do. Actually, um, it's relationship that that is important. Serving serving is a constant need, not just in our church, in every church. Um, and our capacity to steward what God is doing actually directly correlates to the people serving in the things that we're doing. Um, so we'd love it if the 40% of people that are currently serving became 60, so that's 56 more people on a Sunday across the church, across all the sites. And specifically on that, new people serving, not people that are already serving doing another week. So we'll be recruiting the next few weeks, we'll be recruiting for all sorts of things. Um, so we would love you to, to invite you to become part of a team. And then lastly, giving, we achieved, um, actually we, our reflection was we achieved a lot with the amount that was given by 32% of people. What might God give to us if another 32 were able to give? See, as you pray about it, what would it look like for if you gave? And one of the areas we would love to invest in, so a lot of us, the staff, I'm not staff, are part-time, so not many of the staff have more than 20 hours in a week. But actually, as we look at um, this idea of sites and having more sites, so Ron's coming aboard, actually, what does it look like to give those people just a few extra hours to be able to resource the sites differently? Because what's happening in the background is people who have been serving in a one place in Northampton, their job is changing to become, actually, we've got these sites and we need to resource these sites well because actually that's, that's good stewardship. And then with the gateway service, I think that's another one where we want to, obviously we want to put, put all the resource behind that that we need to. And actually from the, just thinking purely with like a Wellingborough hat on, I think there's definitely a possibility that something like that would work here as well. Um, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but that's just the thing I get. Actually, if we do this well, then actually would God do something similar through that here? And then... Just lastly, some specific things for Wellingborough. So for those of you who've come more recently and think we've been here for a long time, um, the site in Wellingborough launched about eight months ago. There was, we think there's about 50 people, so we include the guys from Kettering who've come and um, committed to come in here for a while and the guys that came with us um, who, you're, I don't know, how, what's the word? You're Wellingborough folk, but you came to Northampton? I don't know how best to describe that. Okay. You came with us as part of this team that launched out into Wellingborough. Um, there's about 50 people. We think that that number is now between 90 and 100. It's really hard to tell at this stage still. Um, and one of our immediate challenges is to become more robust. So to stop thinking like a church plant and start to think more like a, a fully-fledged congregation because in reality that's what we have here. And that's happened quite quickly, quicker than we expected. And some of that was around serving. But actually I think for us here, I think the challenge is, a lot of it is, actually to going deeper with God and that is spending more time with him actually so that he could heal us so that he could restore us um, for some of us that is so that he could 
Help us rediscover spiritual gifts that he's given to us to use. For others, that is discovering prayer that fuels mission. So it's not just about praying, but actually that God would stir something in you for mission. Um, this idea that actually as we go deeper with him, he wants to restore us and release us. And then the next thing would be um, to go deeper with one another. So actually this is around groups and huddles. Because I think the reality is, um, particularly if you've been around church for a long time, it's easy to get hurt by small group settings. It just is. But there is a reality to which we won't stay for, quote-unquote, the entertainment, the quality. What we'll stay for is the relationship. And actually, in that place, there's this idea that, that our thing about around groups and around huddles is somewhat countercultural. So our, outside of church, all of my life is built on these loose networks of acquaintances. That's what it is. And that's what the world is for a lot of people. All these networks, these people that I can use or the people that can benefit me and, and, and all these things that go on. But the idea of a group is that it's this kind of covenant community that actually we are um, committed to one another. So I think those two things probably on a spiritual level would be go deeper with him, go deeper with one another. Um, and then we have a couple of really specific things we're praying for. So one is, so the youth uh, are going away to this thing called DTI, which is like the Vineyard Nationally. It's their um, youth event. Some of you will have heard, who's heard of Soul Survivor? Just uh, yeah. Okay, so Soul Survivor has impacted probably hundreds of thousands of lives over the years. Um, they are, this year, is Soul Survivor's last year of doing what they do in the summer. And they've approached three groups, I guess is the easy way to describe it, to take on one of the three weeks ahead each. So one is Elim, uh, another is an organisation called Youthscape, and the other group they've asked is The Vineyard to come and host a week. So uh, 2020, we are going to take one, we're going to move this DTI, this Dream in the Impossible event, from May to the summer, uh, which is a relief for those that have to go because it's freezing to camp in May <laughs> and it rains a lot. Um, and one of the things, just as that story was being shared, um, one of the things we felt led, and, and could I say this, um, there's part of me is like, I'm not sure if this is just me or if this is God, but I'm going to pray for it because I think it's a faith thing. It's actually, for, for the DTI event next summer, so summer 2020, my prayer is that we would have a minibus full of young people to sit. Now, on paper, uh, I'm a lunatic, and I accept that. That's fine. Um, because realistically, on a good week, there are currently three young people here. Um, but one of the one thing I just kind of want to put it out there so that you can be praying for it is probably at some point we've got this kind of chicken and egg scenario where we need to figure out at what point do we start doing something with young people. And I'm not sure we're there yet, but I think it's, it could be soon. And um, So do be praying for that. And then the other is about around our community here. Um, so that for me, the, the Victoria Centre is, when we moved here, we said actually it's, in, on the one hand, the move to the Victoria Centre isn't about Sunday mornings. It's about the space that we potentially have and we'd have to make arrangements to use it in the week for the things that God might have us do to reach the community around us. So this community really is a melting pot of cultures, uh, of all sorts. And if we were honest, cultures that in and of ourselves we would probably have no reason to relate to. Um, but actually what... 
what might God have us do and what, would God, what might we be able to do utilising maybe the victorious into other options that actually builds meaningful relationships with people because we can do good things but actually we want good things that build relationship that lead people to Jesus. Okay? So just to be praying about that because there are well, in Bro, there's about 79,000 people, seems to be the latest statistics. And I was speaking to another pastor from a, a church uh, just this week, and his reckoning was if there's 1,000 people in church on a Sunday, he would be pleasantly surprised. Okay. That was his honest opinion. So there are 78,000 people, therefore, let's work on that number, that don't know Jesus. Or do know Jesus and just aren't connected to church. And for whatever reason, God has placed us, so us being Central Vineyard, but us being you and me individually um, here. And as we pray and as we look to engage them, one of the things we have tried to do is bolster the team, so the people that serve on a Sunday, and make sure that we've got kids' work functioning, make sure we've got teas and coffees ready and all those nice things. Um, and we want to be hospitable, but actually if those people begin to come the call of Jesus isn't just to be hospitable, it's to make disciples. That doesn't mean we have to be inhospitable. Okay, quite the opposite, I think. But, um, so one of the things we'd love some of you just to go away, think and pray about is for... So our next ter- group of terms um, starts in September, October time, and we would love to see just a couple more groups emerge. And um, what we need for that, though, is people to lead them. Um, so do be just praying about that some of you and I'd say this is you may feel underqualified but actually some of the groups are football and walking and some of you go well that's not necessarily discipleship but one of the interesting things when we started the football group one of the interesting things was people came out of the fringes of church and their relationship with Jesus grew through that relationship okay? um, so you might think well I've got a passion for uh, crafts Legitimately, that could be a group. Okay? You might think, I've got a passion for unpacking the word of God. We love that too. Come do that. Okay? But just those things to think and pray about as we go. So, hopefully that is just something of an update of where we are, what God is doing, where we're going. Um, and in one sense, there's quite a lot in there, but we would love to um, just make time to pray. Okay? And not really to pray anything specific, um, I would say, so Friday nights we, we gather to pray, the first Friday of every month here. Um, and if you want to know more of the practical things that we're praying for, come along to that, because that's where we create space to do that in particular. Um, and we know that praying once a month isn't enough, in a sense, but actually we'd love that people would go take those things we're praying for away with them and go pray themselves. But should we stand? Um, just m- maybe as some of those things were being talked about, God was just stirred something in you or dropped something uh, into your heart or maybe there was a, a promise that you think you've been given before and forgotten. And just as we pray, we just want to make space for you to be able to respond to that. And actually the way we're going to do ministry this morning, sometimes we get people to come to the front. I think this morning, like, just as we pray, if you see someone you think, I think God is saying something to that person, um, go and pray for them and, and tell them. And I would say this, we're happy to take risks. We're happy to, to get some of these things wrong. It's okay. But yeah, and just be willing to go and pray for one another. Okay? So Father, I thank you for all that actually that you are doing. 
Um, Jesus, I thank you that you, you are the one that is building your church. And Just as we're gathered here this morning, would you come and fill us again? Holy Spirit, would you come?